Jericho, yes, we run the states. 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high. Good evening and welcome everyone to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program here at KPFA. We're in the thick of our winter fun drive and that also means that we're at the end of Black History Month. We're your hosts this evening. I'm Ron Thompson. And I'm JC. Tonight we're going to uh, listen to, we're going to take a look at uh, a, a little bit of uh, our, our unsung heroes and listen to some music and celebrate black history with a very special premium that has a lot of history and meaning to us at KPFA and in the Bay Area as a whole. That's right. KPFA has a block of programming earlier, or they had a block of programming earlier this month to celebrate Black History Month. And now to close out the month, Full Circle is dedicating this show to black history as well. Join us for tonight's stories and specials on Full Circle. Stay tuned. Welcome everyone to Full Circle on KPFA, where we're in the midst of our winter fun drive. For longtime listeners, you know all about the radical programming here at KPFA. And tonight's going to be no different with a look and listen to untold stories about black history. And that's what KPFA is all about. It's about the alternative coverage. Now, KPFA has done its own exploration and broadcasting, and you can be a part of it by contributing to our messages from uh, with by contributing to our messaging with your donations. So, you can call in right now. I mean, right now to 1-800-K-K-P-F-A. That's 1-800-H-E-Y-K-P-F-A or 1-800-439-5732. And if you call in to donate, you can also donate as small as $25 and become a member, or you can donate... Any amount you want. And you'll not only uh, be joining as a partner in the work that KPF is doing on the air, KPFA is doing on the air right now, but you'll also be making a few gifts available for those who are calling in tonight. And those gifts are varied, and you'll really want to take advantage of that. So please call in. Once again, that number is one 800 Four three nine five seven three two or one eight hundred H E Y K P F A. That's Hey K P F A. So we're going to start tonight's program by talking about all of the reasons that you have to donate to K P F A for this fund drive. Yeah, uh, that's right. Among those are the fact that we have a shorter fund drive. Uh, this fund drive is is um, we we used to have fund drives a lot more. Some some of our longtime listeners may realize that we cut out our summer fund drive. We went with the summer crafts fair instead. Uh, we're doing this so as to bring our listeners 
more of our alternative coverage. We're doing that so we can have more of the of the of the reason that people listen. So if you give money now, give give you know give now. You call one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two one eight hundred Hey KPFA. You call now. That means that we can get back to our regular programming. Um, and go ahead. Yeah, and you not only get a chance for us to get back to our regular programming, which I'm sure that you would enjoy, and, and you get these meaningful premiums, but the regular programming is magnificent. That's right. All of the shows that are on KPFA is a wonderful thing, and you get an in-depth analysis of what's going on in the world. You, you, you don't just get the few minutes that you get on your evening news or your morning news. You get a chance to really get down inside of the story. So that's what KPFA and Pacifica Radio is doing for you. And when they go into the archives, oh my goodness. Yeah, right. And, and I, I'm glad you kind of bring up the archives because the archives for this show, um, I've got to say, they're pretty magnificent. You go over to kpfaapprentice.org, uh, give a plug for our own uh, our own apprenticeship program. Uh, the archives for this show, you can you can go and listen to, and I would suggest go ahead and do it now. Listen to more of the stuff that we produce here on Full Circle, and and support not only the apprenticeship program but also support KPFA. Without KPFA, we you know we have a home. This is our our home right here at KPFA. Um, and and as a matter of fact, we the apprenticeship program, we're looking to expand. You know, we're we're looking to to invite more people into our home. The apprenticeship program is recruiting for our next group, Group Forty Two, um, and the the deadline has been pushed back to March March twenty fifth. We've extended the deadline. So also, just as a as another thing, go and apply today. If you if you are interested in the program, or if you know someone else who's interested in the program, go and apply today. Um, and even if you're not interested in the program, if you don't want to apply, that's fine. Call right now, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. You want to do that now because that's that's how you can you know continue to get the, the premiums that we're offering. We've got swag for you. We've got T-shirts. We've got mugs. We've got stuff for you. So call in, donate. Just give us a hand because you're getting all of this good entertainment and infotainment <laughs> and you're not paying That's by right. listening to a lot of commercials and a lot of people hollering at you. That's right. But you're getting information. So please... Go in your pockets you, a little bit for us. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, we're not hawking uh, useless stuff for you guys. We're giving you meaningful premiums here at KPFA. Uh, Ron, uh, he mentioned the swag, and that's great. If you want a KPFA T-shirt, you want a bumper sticker, you want a water bottle, you want a tote bag, that's great. But we also have premiums like the Pacifica Radio Archives, the Black Panther Collection. Not a lot of people know this, but uh, Pacifica Radio was one of the first places that the Black Panthers got on the air. Um, th- these special premiums are available tonight. If you call 1-800-439-5732, call right now and uh, get back to your radio in time to listen to our next piece. Full Circle's own Josiah Luis is kicking off our night of talking about black history with a man who's making history right now in the jazz world. Yes, and just to say before I tell you a little bit more about that man, I have a little story myself to tell you. Since we are dealing with the Panthers being the vanguard of the revolution, in the black community and their start here in the Bay Area. I have a little bit of a, of a story to tell. And you can get both that archives of the Black Panther collection for $180 and you can get the 
Vanguard of the Revolution, that movie that's out now for $120. So please give it some serious thought. That's right. Now, coming up next, next we have uh, jazz saxophonist Kamasi Washington. He's released his debut studio album, The Epic. Less than a year ago, he released that. And the three-volume project is certainly living up to its name, Epic. Josiah Lewis has a special commentary about the Epic and a review of the album and the history being written to the music as we speak. As is the case with a lot of great works of art, you end up hearing about them way before you actually end up finally seeing them. So that when you finally come face to face with this work of art, after hearing so much about it, you often don't know how to feel. You know what I'm talking about. Like when you finally see the Mona Lisa in person in a museum, or finish reading David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, or that first time when you heard Ornette Coleman's strange alto saxophone. And that was definitely the case with me regarding LA saxophonists Kamasi Washington's album called appropriately enough, The Epic. Washington released the epic last year, and to call it an album is somewhat misleading, I think. The epic is in fact a nearly three-hour music suite for a 10-piece jazz band backed by a 32-piece orchestra and a 20-person choir. Kamasi Washington is part of a long tradition of jazz men from Los Angeles, but the epic encompasses the multitude that is black American music. Jazz is of course there, but so is blues, doo-wop, funk, and church music. 
And as much as I love the music on the epic, the horns at times evocative of Coltrane and Pharaoh Sanders' spiritual tunes of the late 60s that I love so much, like I said earlier, when you come face to face with a work of art that you've heard so much about, the encounter can be confusing. So in short, I didn't want to miss anything. I wanted to give the epic its due, culturally speaking. So in this day and age, when iTunes songs rule and the notion of actually listening to an entire album in order just isn't done, I went ahead and did just that. I sat down and listened to the epic from its opening with Washington's strong, elated tenor to its last side with its moving excerpts of Malcolm X speaking. And when I listened to the three-hour music suite like this, what I came away with was quite profound. A vivid, clear, audio panoramic affirmation and celebration of the lives of African Americans from the dark days of slavery to the marches and protests of today's Black Lives Matter movement. And easy as it is to take sides of the epic as a, just a music album, when listened to in its entirety, it's impossible not to see the epic in parts as a reflection of the African-American struggle and place in America. Robin Kelly, historian at UCLA, said of the epic, in a world where you feel like blackness is under assault and you're looking for a way to express joy, pain, and possibility, the epic speaks to what black people feel inside. Greg Tate, who calls Washington the jazz voice of Black Lives Matter and says that his music offers a healing force, a place of regeneration when you're trying to deal with the trauma of being black in America. And let me throw in my two cents and say that the epic, to be truly appreciated, should be listened to in its entirety, at least once. Hearing the strength and struggle of African Americans told through Kamasi Washington's saxophone is good medicine in these dark times, and we could all use that cultural sustenance.
But if you can't sit through the three hours of music, I'm sure sitting for one or two songs won't be too bad for you. After all, when it's all said and done, the epic is one cool jazz album. Yo soy Josiah Luis with Full Circle. That's some tough music. That is epic. That was Kumasi, Washington, the epic. Thank you for that, Josiah. Now, I just want to welcome you back after all that good music. This is Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA, where we're celebrating black history and its untold stories. And you just heard, again, the review of Kamasi Washington's album, The Epic. Now, up next, we are taking the, this opportunity to talk to the people from T25CL, Andre Wade, and... Uh, I'm sorry, Andre Ward... I did a typo on that. Sorry, Andre. Uh, And also Dr. Kwaku. He has a very entertaining and exciting book dealing with Whiteout. We will also be talking with him this evening. Now, T25CL Entertainment has a movie out, a new movie called United We Stand. It's subtitled Bringing Light to Global Poverty Issues. And they'll tell us about their global initiative to utilize the common language of music and entertainment to bring hope to those who are seeking help in many ways. That's quite an endeavor, quite a large endeavor. Andre and Dr. Kwaku, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Please, Andre, give us the uh, thumbnail sketch of who T25CL is and how this collective on entertainment came to be. Okay, for those who don't know, T25CL means towards 25th century living. We have a concept of how people are going to live, work, play, and entertain, be entertained in the 25th century, which is 500 years from now. And so it's a multifaceted idea and concept. The original concept was a digital theme park, sports and entertainment complex in a, in a, like a micro city type environment, which inclusive of entertainment, health and wellness, green technologies, information technologies. And so what we did was for now, uh, until we uh, were able to raise all the fundings to do it in entirely as a whole with the whole digital theme park concept, we just unveiled now the uh, entertainment portion, which is T25CL Entertainment, for which uh, we engaged that in around 2010. And the intent is for distribution of film and music for independent artists, and we'll be expanding into uh, books as well. Our uh, website is www.t25cl.com. We do have a 24-7 music uh, radio station component. We also have Galaxy Talk Radio, which we have four uh, talk shows that we have on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday nights. And so it is a social media platform for independent artists. Sounds like it's a busy very busy network. Right. Yes, that's that's uh, that's that's good. That's great, and it it also uh, makes me think of that uh, 
that song in the year 2525, and you make it not sound so bleak. Oh, yes, we're bringing it into a reality. Yes, yes. yes. I like that theme park, that digital theme park. Right. Uh, that's, that's quite an idea. Um, let's telescope out a little bit to a wider establishing shot of... 225CL Entertainment's development of that global initiative to utilize the common language of music to get that job done that you were talking about. Yes. It just so happens in this business, you meet people constantly. Uh, just like I've met Dr. Kwaku just over the past couple of months and also uh, Corey Jeffries as well. But you know what? You meet people, the next thing you know, things just start blossom, blossoming out. And about three years ago, this concept came to us by way of people that we were introduced to with United Nations and with their spinoff organizations. So not directly with UN, but some of their spinoff organizations, such as Worldview Mission in Holland, which has under their auspices other UN ambassadors that they commonly call the Millennium Development Goals, for which you can read about that on the Internet, for which they have a goal to eradicate one billion people off of the poverty rolls by 2015, for which we know 2015 has come and gone, so I think they've set other objectives now for the year 2030. So with this, they have very young uh, brothers and sisters throughout the African continent and also in the Middle East that are working on various issues that are there in Africa. Some of the things that we may know, such as health and wellness, uh, women's rights, education, the children's issues. And so we were introduced uh, to this concept by Dr. Burton Dannett and Robert Chu, for which they had originally asked us to come in and just bring in some of our artists to perform in a global jazz for peace type concert. And so um, something happened with them and the organizers of that group. And so they asked us around the month of November of uh, 2014, I believe, to uh, do the entire production. And this was around October of that year. And we said, oh, boy, okay. And then I, I was asked directly by a U.N. representative to do a video outlining these like, things that are happening now in Africa with the various in ambassadors in the seven nations that we are dealing with. And so I have contact with all of them. We talk by Skype and email, and I have a grasp of the issues that they are dealing with. And they have some young brothers over there that are doing some dynamic things. They are facing their challenges, of course, with shortness of funds and so forth, but they're highly intelligent, highly educated, and they are doing things to help people there in their various countries. So when we were asked to do the promotional video, for which we did in December that year, and I've shared that video with you, and it's yes, also on our very, website as well at www.t2ficl.com. Thank you. And very also, nice. a few months later, we did the actual show itself, and I'll get into that as soon as you lead me yes. to it. All right. This is a must-see, folks. You must go to that website and see this. It is uh, very, very nice. So, it, it's it's amazing that it's a global issue because those things are needed all over the planet. Yes. People need to attend and address those things wherever mm -hmm. they are. They should be government issues, and all of it can't be a government issue. We, the people, have to take care of that, as you say. We, right. we have to stand united on that. Now, 
you've told us a little bit about the uh, United Nations and how that came to be in the project and in the movie. What are you going to be doing uh, something else for the United Nations in that particular, in this particular vein? Is the, mu- the movie going around the world other than on the web? Uh, give us a little bit about that. Okay, scope. here's what we're doing. Uh, the, the movie itself is actually finished with all the B-roll footage and it, all the narratives along with our music artists. And what we did was we had a, a group of our artists, different ones. We had um, also the Belafede uh, dance troupe from Senegal and West Africa. There's a 17-piece uh, when they had drums and dancers. We also had our artists, Rosalind Jordan Mills, Charles Small, The Five Tempting Men, uh, Brenda Lee Egger, uh, uh, Mark Allen Felton. Just a great show. Mm-hmm. The, the, the show was just great. It was off the chain, man. Okay. And so what we did was, with all of our artists, it was about a three-hour show, but now we're condensing all of this down into a film of um, an hour 58 minutes with B-roll footage in between the play sets showing the issues that are there in Africa that we are highlighting. I see. So you're going to, it's going to open up with some narratives, then some music, then mm-hmm. some narratives, then some music. Good. And, and, you know, the narrative is going to be about a minute long in between, but the music is just great, and we got a surprise at the end with our climax at the end of the show. It's going to be great. But now, when I say it's finished, yes, we can show you the film right now, but as a filmmaker, I'm not happy with it visually, and you know as a director, you know what I'm talking about. And so there were some issues there with editing, and so we're going through another re-editing process Mm -hmm. so that we can get the real nice visualization of that 1920 by 1080 on that big 80-foot screen. And so, because if not, if we'd have showed like this, it would have been that condensed version with the black at the top, the black on the bottom. No, 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 brother. You don't want the leather box. No, 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 no. no. We don't want that. So you know what I'm talking about. comes that. So we're just going through another rendition, and it's going to be even better than what's there right now. You're going to want to see this, folks. And believe me, this will be one of our premiums coming up in our next fun drive, I'm sure. We're going to turn really quick, Andre. Thank you very much. We're going to turn really quickly to Dr. Kweku and uh, get some information from him about his new book that we have coming out because we're going to also do an in-depth thing. But I need to have a billboard kind of about your book. Welcome, Dr. Kweku. Thank you very much for being here. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I'd like to give thanks to uh, Brother Andre Ward over there for inviting us to come along for this uh, interview. Um, the book, Quite Out, uh, I wrote it about about a year and a half ago, and I wrote it with the idea in mind to give people tangible things that they experience every day to show them how they are participating in their own dysfunctionality, so to speak. So the, the book, Quite Out, deals with all the areas in the book. In fact, there's one chapter in the book that, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's titled Nigger, Nigger, Nigger. And it talks about how we have played into that psychology of acting and being like niggers in spite Whoa. of the fact that, uh, you know, all of the information that we have out there. You know, I'm a, you know, a great studier of brothers like uh, Brother Amos Wilson, you know, and Anthony Browder, you know, and Diop. 
And so I've studied extensively about, you know, the whole African process, you know, from black magic to, you know, what they call Scientology now. Yes. And I talk about those issues and how we have come from one place and we've arrived in another place. And yet we still uh, continue to be the downtrodden people, in the, not just in America, but all over the world. And and my ties with the... Uh, um, uh, Andre, Brother Andre Ward here, is to try to be collaborating on how we can bring all of the pieces together so that people can have a one-stop shop where they can come and get information, they can get services, but not only that, we'll be telling them the story of what's going on on a continuous basis here. Very good, very good. I'm looking forward to that. I know that uh, you guys are doing wonderful work, and it seems like T25CL is going to be that one-stop entertainment stop that you plan for it to be. So looking forward to that. And, folks, we will be getting a wider, longer version of what's going on with Dr. Kwaku's book, Whiteout. Thank you gentlemen for joining us this evening and being here and for the wonderful work that you're doing and uh, you two stay tuned and get ready to go into your pockets and help us with this fun drive JC you have some information for us don't you yeah that's right Um, you just heard Ron Thompson talking to Andre Ward and Dr. Ninana Kwaku and they were talking about T25CL, and it's very fitting with our theme of black history. And and the thing that I have to say about this whole thing is I ask you, where else are you going to find gentlemen like Doc, Dr. Kwaku and Andre Ward? Where, where are you going to hear them talking? Where else are you going to hear them talking except right here at KPFA? Um, this is free speech radio. That's what we've got going on here. And, and we represent the voices of the community. That's what we have going on here. And I haven't heard from our phone room about any calls coming in. So I need to hear about some calls coming in. I need to hear from you guys. I need you to call 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Let your fingers do the walking right now. Let your pockets do the talking. Because this free speech station, this KPFA radio station, gives you the information that you don't get in your other stations. Now, I love me some in uh, some KNBR and some uh, KQED and some KLW. I love these stations, but they don't give you the information that we give you. That's right. Yes, they do have Terry Gross and all the other uh, great interviewers, but they don't give you the in-depth information that you get right here. They are not giving you the Panthers and the Vanguard. They're not giving you the Whiteout. They're not giving you the T2. 5CL information. They're not giving you Mitch Jesuit or they're not giving you CL Song. They're not giving you the living room. They're not giving you uh, 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 the uh, warrior with. Um, I'll tell you what they're not giving name? them. No, no, you, they're not giving them full circle. That's what they're, they're not giving them. Definitely not giving. They're full not giving circle. them full circle. We, we've we've got a great. Pro- I'm, yes, I'm I'm just yes, gonna say it. You yes. know, I, a lot of people. I'll say it. We have a great program here. That's right. Okay, that's right. and this is a program that you want to give to. This is a program that you want to support. 
support. This is a station that you want to support. The the messages that we get here. I mean, a lot of people. I'm sure you're inundated with with uh, with 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 messages and 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 with with everything about the 2016 election. You cannot go anywhere without hearing about it. This coming Tuesday, March 1st, it's Super Tuesday. Uh, Ron mentioned Mitch Jezrich, Letters in Politics. He's he's got. He's got he's got coverage of Super Tuesday. You're going to hear coverage on on this coming Tuesday night here on KPFA in a way that you don't hear it any place else. If you want to continue to hear that kind of coverage, you need to pick up the phone right now. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Um, we've been talking about the Black Panther collection. We've got a lot of that. We've got the Vanguard of the Revolution, the, the documentary. Um, those are available. But we also have the Letter in Politics pack. That That is available, too. Um, last week, you heard about Search for the Everlasting Coconut Tree. Uh, our, our, our co-producer, Zakia G.E. Capehart, she brought... The search for the everlasting coconut tree. This is the station where you get that kind of stuff. You get voices from the community. Call it right now. One eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Because that's the only place you're going to find out what the everlasting coconut tree is all about. That's right. The only right place here you can on find full it. Circle. That's right. Speaking of the everlasting coconut tree, Zakia, who sat down with the filmmaker last week, was inspired to talk about a few unsung heroes this Black History Month. And they're the ones that you don't hear about in the history books. February is the month black history is recognized and celebrated by people of African descent. It's a time to remember the contributions and great achievements people of African descent have given the world. It's my contention and opinion that black history is a daily continuous experience and should be revered as such. Black history is excluded from the educational curriculum in the school system. Thus, it is imperative that Black history is incorporated into the curriculum to be taught and studied as part of our community, society, and world. 365 days a year, not just in the month of February. During Black History Month, we usually receive information about the contributions of well-known women and men of African descent. In the next few minutes, I will share information about some of the not-as-well-known women and men that have also contributed greatly to black history. Harry Tyson Moore, November 18, 1905 to December 25, 1951, was an African-American educator, a pioneer leader of the Civil Rights Movement, and founder of the first branch of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. NAACP in the state of Florida. Harriet V. Moore, June 19, 1902 to January 3, 1952, was an African-American educator and civil rights worker. Harry T. and his wife, Harriet V. Moore, were the first NAACP members assassinated for their activism and advocation around black people's rights. Bessie Coleman, 1893 to 1926, was an aviator known to the world as Brave Bessie and the Nervy Lady. Bessie Coleman was the first licensed 
African-American pilot because her desire to enter flight school was denied in the United States on the basis of her race or gender. She trained in France, where she received her license in 1921. She received her international pilot's license a year later. On returning to the United States, she had planned to establish a flight school for blacks, and she performed aviation stunts to raise money for her venture. She bought three airplanes and began touring the country. But tragically, on April 30th, 1926, Coleman's plane was crashed and she was killed. At one of her flying exhibitions, Coleman refused to perform unless blacks were allowed to use the same entrance to the show as whites. Also, Asa Philip Randolph, 1889 to 1979, was a union leader and a civil rights activist. Asa Philip Randolph was born in Crescent City, Florida. During his college years at the College of the City of New York, he became interested in workers' rights and organized his first union, a small group of elevator operators. In 1925, Randolph's attention was drawn to the treatment of blacks who worked as porters on the railroad coaches. He organized these men into what is now known as the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, the first union consisting of predominantly black workers, which was granted a charter by the American Federation of Labor. In 1957, Randolph was elected vice president of the union by then known as the AFL-CIO. In 1960, Randolph founded the Negro American Labor Council, and he served as its president until 1966. Later, he founded and served as president of the A. Philip Randolph Institute in New York City, which continues to promote civil rights and voter registration. You're listening to 94.1 FM, KPFA. And you just heard Zakia tell us about a few unsung heroes on our special, that Black History Month show. Now, we're in the middle of our winter fun drive, and you can contribute by calling, once again, 1-800-439-5732. That's one 800 Hey, KPFA. And keep this station rolling. Keep it going. We're not coming to you with a bunch of commercials, but we're coming to you with good programming. So keep it going. What do you say, JC? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I like that you uh, tell them that we're not coming on with a bunch of commercials. You, you hear it here all the time. You don't hear any commercials. Um, we're not trying to sell you the special brand of this or the special brand of that. We're trying to give you in return for, for giving to us and in return for continuing to, to help this station run, keep the lights on, keep the bills paid around here. We're giving you special gifts. We're giving you uh, a special thanks for your give, for your giving to us. Um, and part of that special thanks, one of the things that we're offering again tonight, the vanguards of the revolution, the black Panthers documentary. It's a wonderful, wonderful piece Okay, we're offering it for $120. If you don't have $120 to give us right now, that's fine. You break it down over a year, that's $10 a month. That's not so bad. That's not so hard. In addition to that, we're also offering what's called the African-American Speech Collection. 
That includes uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Angela Davis, and many more from KPFA speaker events over the last year. The, that that uh, that speech package is available for just two hundred dollars. You're going to find so much, so so much material there. You need to call right now. One eight hundred Hey KPFA. Now, another thing about what's happening at uh, KPFA, not only are you not getting bombarded with commercials, but that means that you are our bosses. That's right. (laughs) We don't have anybody saying, well, you can't say that, you can't talk about this, you can't go into that issue, or we're going to pull our funding Right. You are our funding source. And let me tell you, folks, there's been a lot of things going on during this Black History Month that have been very important. And I feel very, very good about KPFA as a result. I feel very good about being in the program here, this apprenticeship program and what it's afforded. But I also feel good because all these other uh, programs, all the other shows have been involved in Black History Month as well. That means that not only shows like Hard Knocks with David D. and Anita Johnson have been dealing with black history, but every show that I've been listening to, Mitch Jesuits and his show, Letters in Politics, The Living Room with Chris Welch, uh, Flashpoints with uh, uh, Dennis Bernstein, and and uh, even some of the stuff that uh, Richard Wolff has been talking about that's been so important. And, and I've been just glowing so much, especially with the vanguard of the Black Panther movement, because when I came to the Bay and I started working with the Panthers right down the street when this was not Martin Luther King Boulevard, but Grove Street, when the Free People's Clinic was right there on the corner of Adeline and Alcatraz. That's where I started working with. I fed kids in the morning with the Black Panther Party program. I helped put shoes on kids' feet. I have talked with Bobby Seal, with Elaine Brown. I've talked with numbers of important Black Panther Party members, and it warms my heart what this station is doing. So, once again, folks, you get it up front and full. You don't get just a little bit of it. That's what KPFA does. That's right. Uh, and that's the, a, a really good point there, too. You hear it here on KPFA. Call it right now, 1-800-HEY-KPFA, 1-800-439-5732. I hear a lot of people say that. I heard it on KPFA. Ron's talking about all these things. Richard Wolf, Mitch Jesrich, uh, Dennis Bernstein. Those are people you're hearing here on KPFA. In the community, you'll hear it too. I heard it on KPFA. If you heard anything... If you heard it here first on KPFA, you need to pick up the phone and call 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Call us now. Give us, give us, and we'll give you. We'll give you the vanguards of the revolution. You give us $120, that is our gift to you. Black Panther Collection, $180, that is our gift back to you. Do it. You heard it here on KPFA. Do it. Now, one of the, uh, one of the unsung untold stories about the community that uh, has gone untold for a long time. Uh, JC is going to tell us about it. It's, it's an actual story of his own 
and it's around black history that uh, he wants to make sure that this black history little known fact gets told during Black History Month. See, this is a story of a Bay Area man, one of the first black men in the Marine Corps. So here is his story. Growing up and going to school in Oakland afforded me the opportunity to become acquainted with untold stories of black history in the community. At Patton Academy and Patton University, the Reverend Dr. Wortham Fears was and is a staple. The schools were founded by Dr. B.B. Patton, a female evangelist and educator, and it's where I met Reverend Fears. And you were you were actually my school bus driver. Oh yes, I take you. I <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> but uh, then I have. A Aside from being a piece of history in his own, he's also a wealth of knowledge concerning Black history, as it intersects with his personal history. It just so happened that my great grandfather on my dad's side was one of the runaway slaves who connected with Harriet Tubman, and he escaped the old plantation. Dr. King, um, after he was assassinated, I accompanied Dr. Patton and about 15 or 16 other persons from the church and the university to Atlanta to his funeral. We sat down in his office on the campus of Patton University and Christian Cathedral in Oakland. Up on the wood panel walls beside the shelves and shelves of books, he has hanging alongside pictures of Tubman and Dr. King, pictures of his family rich in stories of black history. My grandfather Wortham, for whom I was named Wortham Banks Charleston. Anna Charleston, my grandfather's sister, who was claimed by a slave master. And he fathered five children by my great aunt, pictured here beside her. For his service in the military, which started with his registering to be drafted, Reverend Fears was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal, and I visited his office to hear the story. I found out about this honor by accident. I was visiting a parishioner at Summit Hospital in Oakland. Let me backtrack. You register when you're 18. As soon as I turned 18, I was in Atlanta. I received a letter from the president, and there's a war going on in World War II. You report to Fort Benning, Georgia, and at that time, everything went 24-7. At 4 a.m. in the morning, I heard my name called, Wortham Fears, come forward. So I walked up. He says, Wortham, I know you think you're going to the Navy, but you're in the Marine Corps. I says, I know what happened. You asked for one volunteer. And because I was asleep, my buddy says, get Wortham. He says, no, I chose you last night. Well, you know... <laughs> God was in that because it was not the will of God for me to have gone to the Navy because it was in the Marine Corps that my life was turned around 180 degrees. Reverend Fears was one of the first black Marines, which is central to his story. I was among the first. There were 20,000 of us trained at Montford Point, North Carolina. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. In 1941, President Franklin Roosevelt issued Executive Order 8802, giving African Americans, quote, an opportunity to be recruited to the Marine Corps. But things were still unbalanced. We were not even allowed to go to the other part of the base, which is Camp Lejeune. 
unless we were accompanied by a white Marine. The first thing they told me, we didn't send for you, but since you came, we're going to try and make a Marine out of you. You understand? Yes, sir. And if you die while we are trying to make a Marine out of you, that means that you were no blanket or blank good when you got here. Don't blame us for it. You understand? Yes, sir. Okay, move out. They were hard on us. I tried my best. I thought I would die in boot camp. They were, they were, I, I was a hard nut to crack, so I, I lived through it. Out of the 20,000, there was 13,000 of us that was deployed to the South Pacific. They told us we were going to China at that time. The Japanese and Chinese was into it over there. But I had nothing against those people, but, but I was trained. The Marine Corps is not the Boy Scouts. We were trained to fight. Survival of the fittest. He said of his experience, quote, brainwashed, mad, mean Marine. That was my life. But I didn't get to China. God had another plan. We got to Oahu. The Marine Corps decided, well, we don't need to send you to China. So after six months, war was over, and they put us on a hospital ship and sent us back to stateside. One of the Hawaiian young ladies told me about Dr. Patton School in Oakland. She says, I see the call of God upon you, and I think you should go to the Patton School in Oakland. So I was discharged August. I went home, stayed six months, got on the train, headed to California. Stay only three years. That, that was the plan. <laughs> that was the plan. But God had another, another plan. It's been over 16. <laughs> Assimilating from life in the Marines and coming back to civilian life in California, what was that transition like, especially for you as a black man? Because of Dr. Patton's attitude towards all races, I was exposed to her outlook on life and on people. She didn't draw any lines between the races, and uh, she made it possible for young men of all races, young women of all races, you know, to enter the school. Because she had had negative experiences herself, preaching in the South. The blacks were not allowed to attend her services. They would stand outside the tents. And she went to... They said if fathers, and she was, I think, in Alabama, and says, could I hold a service for the African-American people? They said, you damn Yankee, you know you can't. So anyway, they, they gave her a bad time. They burned her tent, They, but that didn't stop her. She got another tent. She kept preaching. Right. And she herself oftentimes would say, Wortham is so wonderful that you being the grandson of a Georgia slave and me, speaking of herself, being the granddaughter of a slave owner in Tennessee, how that God has brought you here and we work together. I'm looking around your office and I'm seeing a, a certificate, Honorable Barbara Lee, Certificate of Special Congressional Recognition. I'm seeing a City Council Resolution, Montfort Point Marines. Explain to me about the Medal of Honor. What does it mean? Why did you get it? I found out about this honor by accident. I was visiting a parishioner at Summit Hospital in Oakland. I saw USA Today headlines, Montfort Point Marines to receive Congressional Medal of Honor, I says, wait a minute, that's me. They're talking about me. 
And I almost jumped out of my... I says, wait a minute. So I got on the phone and I started making phone calls. And, and General James Amos, Commandant of the United States Marine Corps, you know, looking through the archives, he realized that the 20,000 young black men who served in the Marine Corps during World War II, how that they were segregated, they endured inhumane uh, treatment. He said, these men deserve an award. They deserve the highest honor. You probably know that the Congressional Medal of Honor is the highest honor given to a civilian by the Congress. President George Washington was the first one to have received it. For those receiving the United States Congressional Medal of Honor has to be approved by both houses of Congress and signed by the president. They invited the former Marine and one family member they put us up in the best of hotels that roll out the red carpet. Reverend Worthenby Fears, a former World War II Air Marine, along with other Marines from that air, has been invited by the United States Congress and by the Commandant of the United States Marine Corps to Washington, D.C., to receive a Congressional Gold Medal, the highest honor that can be given by Congress to a civilian. I saw generals and majors and colonels, and and they all said the same thing. You men were icebreakers for us because of all the services, you know, Army, Air Force, uh, Navy, Coast Guard. The Marine Corps is the most integrated branch of service. He showed me the medal itself, kept on red velvet in an oak box, as well as a picture on his wall of the five to 600 who were able to attend. Uh, somewhere under that tree... <laughs> if you had a magnifying glass, I'm there. <laughs> that is in front of the Marine Corps headquarters. What was the difference between the way you feel that you were treated when you went back to get this medal versus the way you were treated initially in the Marine Corps? Going through boot camp and my life in the Marine Corps, we were less than, uh, I, I want to use the word less than human, we were looked down upon. When we went to Washington, we were looked up to. This is uh, something that I never dreamed of. You know, as a kid in the Marine Corps, I didn't even know what yeah. Medal of Honor, I, I'd never heard of it, you know. Yeah. And on the back of this medal, you can read it, for outstanding performance and courage that inspired social change in the United States Marine Corps. But one of the most fun honors is one that you can see every day in his commute. The state of California gave me a special license plate. Congressional Medal of Honor number 59. I am the 59th person in the state to receive this license plate. So when you see this 2002 Ford Escape, make sure you salute it. <laughs> <laughs> For Full Circle, I'm JC, and that's his story. That's wonderful, JC. That is wonderful. That is a wonderful meaning and ending to a story that uh, had some bitter moments into it. Uh, quite a fit, quite a few uh, bitter moments, and I'm. Um, feel really good about uh, Reverend Wortham Fears and about his Congressional Medal of Honor. 
I feel really good, not only for the resolution that happened, but about his being a Marine. My younger brother is a Marine, and I know what they do. Yeah, you know. I know what they do with the president. I know how they're they're first, and uh, I love that. That's great. That Congressional Medal of Honor story brings us to the end of tonight's show. But there is still plenty of time for you to call in and donate again. The number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-H-E-Y-K-P-F-A. Support the apprenticeship program. Support your radio station. Support KPFA. The executive producer for Full Circle is Miss M. Our technical director is Free Will and Franklin Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And our, our opening pr- th- theme is produced by Source of Labor and our closing theme by B. Tandre. We've been your hosts. That's Ron, Ron Thompson. Yes. And I'm JC. Big thanks That's to Vika, him. who's over there on the ones and twos. Thank you for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned. Londa Baita is next. And for all of us at Full Circle, I am JC. And that just happened. Happy Black History Month. It's been one for me, and I hope it's been one for you. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. 1-800-439-5732. Call it now. Go in your pocket, please.